the Koi Gig Pod. Tune in and support us, please. <laughs> we need every little bit of support. Um, we might be outnumbered here in Australia, but we can definitely feel the love from back home. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB's The Hurling Pod. With Board Gosh Energy. Proud sponsors of the Senior Hurling Championship. I think this is the perfect time. We'll bring Joe Canning back out, everyone. I think he's finished watching the clips. Oh. <laughs> so there's two Galway and two Kilkenny up here now versus one Limerick. Let's get to that. <laughs> well, Lovely. He lives in Limerick. It's so getting better. He's, no, a, he's a Galway man. Hey. <laughs> well, you live in Limerick. Skell lived in Limerick for a while. Skell, I think uh, Limerick is the only, and great thing is his mic is off right now, so we can't disagree. Um, Skell last year, I think, argued Limerick was the only team in the Lee McCarthy he doesn't hate. Mm. So, nodding there. So, <laughs> in a way, we've kind of evened out the panel. We have and we have. And Tommy Walsh back in the day did a bit of hunting in Limerick too, also, I'm led to believe. Oh. You do a bit of hunting, Tom. <laughs> he doesn't remember that. He doesn't oh, know. <laughs> I missed that now. <laughs> All coming out now at this stage. Uh, we're going to take a look forward to the All-Ireland Final, because, you know, we're kind of here to look at that as well. We will take a few questions from the floor. Um, there are people out there with mics, so we'll do that a bit closer towards the end. But let's have a chat about how this weekend's going to go. Like, Kieran, you can set the scene for us, because this Limerick team is on, like, the most remarkable of runs. Potentially, they could join Cork and Kilkenny as the only counties to ever go four in a row. They could win five in six years. They've only lost against his team in 2019, one knockout game in this run that they've been on under John Kiley as well. Like, it's just an absolutely ridiculous run your team are on right now. Yeah, phenomenal really. And, you know, and I suppose back, back since I started around 17 and 18, I suppose it was bubbling for a year or two. And, you know, just the whole jigsaw kind of came together at the right time with the sponsor, uh, with the academy. And, and I suppose one thing that's probably worth noting and I suppose traditionally, if there's a manager going to a particular team, they usually kind of come with his backroom team. And if my memory serves me right, the coach and the strength and condition were probably appointed first and then John Kiley was. So it took off. And uh, yeah, t- to be fair, listen, when you're going for a four in a row, you know, you're talking about greatness, no different to the, the Kilkenny boys back in the day. And, and I suppose the beauty about the present, the present crop they're acutely aware, they're not even mentioning the four in a row. Very easy to mention the four in a row when you jump the fence. And I suppose they will be approaching it as any other All Ireland final. And that's the beauty about them. You know, they're that composed, they're that tuned in. And, uh, you know, they don't, they, don't, they don't get caught up in the hype at the four in a row. So, from that point of view, it's fantastic. Did you have any question marks maybe back in the Munster Championship? Because they had hooked Kilkenny to the sword in the league final. And understandably, the talk then was. You know, four in a row seems absolutely nailed on, and people are right on, but five in a row before the summer even came around. And then the games were incredibly tight. Mm. Draws, one and two-point wins, the defeat against Clare. Did you have any concern about the form at that point of the year? Yeah, without a doubt. I suppose it, we're accustomed to seeing a machine. Uh, look at two All-Ireland finals. They absolutely destroyed Cork, destroyed Waterford. Usually finals are meant to be 50-50. So, you know, they, they kind of cracked that myth. And uh, definitely the start of the year, uh, when you look at their games, I, I suppose T- Galan and Tom Morrissey would have been your most probably consistent players through the whole campaign, and they were definitely underperforming, only going about 40, 50%. And I suppose, like the old cliche, you know, good teams find a way how to win. And what was, what was striking for me really was there wasn't anyone good enough to spot at number one and go for the juggler at number two. 
And if you like, they kind of fell into an All-Ireland semi-final. And I suppose the 10 minutes before half-time and uh, their second half performance convinced me, you know, they're coming, the machine is back, and it's, it couldn't be coming back at a better time. Murph, I think at this stage, people are probably wondering what the crack is here. Because on Monday, you were on the pod talking to Kenny up. I saw a few people on the live comments going, I can see the pain in Murphy's eyes. He's only kind of playing a role here. And then on Tuesday, you went and literally played a role in Nimerick at a preview night, and you talked them up. So yeah. which is the real story here? Um, well, I was very aware I was in a room full of 300 Limerick people, so I was there going, <laughs> it's not great to try and give you a real opinion here, but no, I was actually, it was funny, because the Limerick Supporters Club had a night in uh, the Woodlands down there on Tuesday, and on Wednesday, Eddie Brennan was going down, so I was doing the Tuesday, and I was with Davy Clark, TJ Ryan, uh, Eve Sheen, and uh, I was driving down in the car, and I said, I rang Eddie, because I just said, I, like, I'd never done one of these nights before, you know, in a supporters club. So I said to Eddie, I said, Eddie, what, any, do you recommend anything? And he said, oh, butter him up to fuck. He goes, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but the funny thing was, was when I got in the door, like straight away, like, you know, on the first questions as well, how do you think it's going to go? And I said, oh, geez, I think Limerick are going to win by six. I'd say, handy enough, like, and the whole room turned to me. I said, well, what do you want me to say? Like, you're going to win by one, like, you know, so I had to try and feel it out there anyway, but I think they were wise to me fairly what, early on. What do you actually think, though? Look, the one thing I did say to him, and it was actually something, there's two things I took away from the night actually down with the supporters club, is exactly as Kieran is saying there, is like, they're completely grounded. They are very grounded. And what they were saying, I was chatting to the chairman of the county board, and he was just saying, look, we've had years where the feet came off the ground, we feel, coming into the finals, or coming in when we were really going well. And you think back to 2013, after winning the Monster, and Clare catched them in the semi-final, and they, they were just flat, you know? We played them then in 2014, and bet them by a point or two was all, and... It just seemed like that maybe they felt they got carried away, which now, at a time where they're winning so much, it just doesn't feel like they are getting carried away, you know? And the thing I said to him, they asked me the same question about the final, like, what do I think? Like, I know Kilkenny, like, are not the favourites, and nothing will change that, and, you know, Limerick are ahead for a reason. But I was just saying to him, it was like, in, 2018, or in 2018, yeah, you know, Limerick were underdogs against the Galway team. But they went up the road believing that they can win, because why do you go to an all-learn final believing or thinking you're going to lose? Kilkenny are, if you were to put it in on the scoreboard terms, you'd feel they might be down by two points, you know, as they start off, because they're just facing such a team. But having seen the way Kilkenny have played through the year, they've just been brilliant. Like, you know, lads that say whatever about the Leinster final, sorry, Skettle, lads that say whatever they want, but they still found a way to win. And it's talking like what Kieran is saying there, they found a way to win. And then, you know, in a semi final where they played Clare, if Clare were in this final on Sunday, people would be saying, oh, it's 60 40 or it's 50 50 because Clare can beat Limerick. But people don't reckon Kilkenny can beat Limerick. So, I think Kenny are happy enough with that. I think they showed that the subs are good enough to go and beat him. And look, until the final whistle is blown on Sunday, look, whatever's on the scoreboard then, if, if Limerick win, brilliant. Like, I mean, fair play to them, congratulations. And, but until then, like, as a Kenny person, you don't stop believing that Kenny are going to win, because why would you? Mm. Tommy, what was the key to kind of keeping that hunger and drive with your great Kenny team to keep on winning year after year? To even like, have to dust yourselves off, say, after the loss against Tip, and to come back as the next best team for the next few years after that? What keeps it going? Well, um, like say, my first year on the panel was 2002 and came in after the Leinster final. You get the phone call to go in and you just can't believe it. It's your dream. You never really believe that you're going to be in there. Suddenly you're in there and you, you say, I'm the happiest man in the world. I couldn't be any happier. Suddenly we bet Tipperary in the semi-final, bet clear in the All-Ireland final. And you're like, you'd like to be on the team now. Suddenly then the following year you're on the team, you might go, okay, suddenly you want to be man the match. Then you want, 
Like you're never happy, you're never satisfied. And when we started winning them all Ireland's, we would not have won what we would have won without the panel. Because like in 2008, we had three or four future hurdle years sitting on the bench. Mm. That'll tell you what was awaiting, that we didn't just talk the talk as regards to say we're afraid we won't be playing. We genuinely were. Like, you know, like lads said to me, geez, you were never injured. I was often injured, but I was afraid that if I went off, I wouldn't get back onto it. So you kind of pretended you weren't injured. And, and you hope the boys will get you through, and lucky enough, you'd be playing with brilliant lads. You might be only barely hanging in there. But Murph, who never gave a less than, that's an eight or a nine out, and that's in training and in the match. I'd Hoagie beside me, John Tennyson, Noel Hickey, JJ, Michael, like, our midfielders were sensational to cover for the halfbacks. Yeah, Chaff Fitzpatrick, one of the best hurlers, one yeah. ever to read the game. The ultimate man for the big day, Chaff, Club and County, absolutely brilliant. Uh, Derek Ling, these are all unselfish lads that just. So every day you just want to be on the team. And with what went with it, then you're winning all Irons and Leinsters and Leagues and Welsh Cups. And like to win a final. And even if it's a little seven-a-side competition down the club, the feeling is unbelievable. You get a couple of days, you might get a couple of weeks over it. <laughs> <laughs> you would. <laughs> and the same with winning any final. To win a final is unbelievable. And it's addictive. And you want it again and again. And the more you get, the more you want. So that's basically the hunger that, that we had. Is just you wanted to be there. You knew we had a great chance of winning. And... Uh, and like, you know, Brink Cody was sensational too. Like I was listening to Sean Ogg's um, interview there with Joe tonight. Right? I thought it was a brilliant, honest. And Sean Ogg is a brilliant fella. Um, I went to college with uh, Ronan McGregor, a kind of a, you know, a mirror image of Sean Ogg, really, really honest, loves the game and that. And like Sean Ogg, remember he was saying about the car accident. And, um, you know, he thought he went down to Ger Hartman down Limerick. But, uh, you know, he was, people were wondering, would he ever play again? And Dr. Khan, who's a great character, got to meet Dr. Khan a good couple of times. Typical GSA loves the game as a whole, as opposed to... And um, he asked Dr. Khan, what do you think? And Dr. Khan said, listen, this is bad, like. But, and I don't think many players will come back from it, but I know you will. And Cody was like that. Yeah. He'd make you go out, wouldn't he, Morph, thinking mm. you're the best player on the team. And he, same with you, yeah. same with, say, Richie Power, same with Chaz, same with all the boys. And uh, to be part of something like that was just unbelievable. Sean Ogg was saying last night as well that like Jimmy Barry Murphy didn't have to say a whole lot to him ahead of the final in 99. It was almost like just his trust was enough. Jimmy Barry Murphy, I think the quote he said was, I know you won't let me down. Was that the case for you lads with Cody as well, that Cody probably didn't have to say a lot to you? Well, like Cody used to spare his words, like, you know, you'd have to do a lot now to get an excellent out of him, and you might get one every few years. Like, that's not being smart. How many did he get? Because you say he's You had excellent. He loved you. He loved you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, exactly like that now. Brian, had, you know, you'd go out and you'd play a league match or whatever, and he'd come back in and he'd say, look, lads, that was good, but we have places to improve. And you might be after winning, you know, a big match there in Nolan Park or a away match or something, and look, lads, we're building, we're building. And, you know, you'd buy into it, and he'd, he'd, he used to choose his words very well, and you know, coming to a semi-final or coming to two weeks before an All-Ireland final and you did a training session and you came off and he'd just hit you and he'd say, excellent. And he'd, he'd walk on or something. And mm. you'd be kind of, you'd be 10 foot tall. Like, you know, you'd, you'd jump out over the stand nearly at that stage. And he just used to kind of choose it like that. Um, so, like a lot of lads used to look at the persona of Brian and think Brian is in the dressing room, you know, breaking tables and shouting at you. And remember, you'd be in the pub after a game. You'd be down by three points. You'd go out and you'd win by 10. And, I'd say, what did Cody say to you at half time? Usually he said very little. He used to say nothing like at all, or he'd leave it down to the players and he'd just say, Listen, lads, you know, this is where you want to be and so on, or he'd leave it off to one fella to talk or whatever. And that was it. And that was like 
it's very hard to, you can't buy that, and it's very hard to teach it, to try and read the room, feel how players are feeling, and know who to give a pat in the back to, and who to give a kick in the arse to. Like, that's, finding that was the thing, but, but in fairness, we were very self-motivated, in fairness, like, and we used to be very hard on ourselves, and I think the lads would even testify to, like, any great team you'd play in, there was a time where you could put your, put your finger on it, you could go, that was a time where we were really flying. And it was always chasing getting back to that, getting back to that feeling where it just clicks. You don't have to say anything to anybody. And it's basically, you know, Brian or Michal Donahue or anyone could just stand back and just put the hands up and the team just does it. So the beauty of a good manager is getting the team to the stage where they can just put the hands up and just go, the team is going to sort this here. Mm. Is that, Joe, in some ways, one of the most impressive things about this Limerick team, that... So many times when they have kind of fallen into situations, I think at Tipperary a few years ago, I think even if the Galway game where there were six or seven points down the last day, that team seems to be able to just kind of reset itself and work things out in game. Yeah, the, like, but they're, they're one of these teams that is very process driven as well. Like, if you look at the injuries that they've had over the last number of years and they still seem to win every year, if that happened to another team, it would hurt the other team way more than Limerick because they're so process-driven and they all know their role. So no matter if you're number 33 or number two, I'd say Nicky Quaid knows exactly how Aaron Galan wants the ball, knows exactly what he's going to do, as well as a cornerback or anything like that. They have their system of play that they actually haven't really changed too much over the last number of years. And teams still haven't really found out a way to actually beat them because they play on their terms and they believe in their system and it's successful. But there has starting off is harder than, like I'm sure when Brian Cody came in, lads found it maybe hard to kind of believe in what he'd what he done. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When you get success, you believe in somebody a lot more. So cause, because Limerick got success relatively quickly, like I think it was his second year in John Kiley's, mm and Kinark and them guys, they believe straight away. And then that trust and that spirit that builds up on a team is invaluable. Um, so for sure, like you, you do, Limerick have that. They've been through it with injuries, with being asked questions in Munster, you name it. Um, but they're a very, very impressive outfit when, when you boil it all down. And... Like even Declan Hannon missing, if, if you know, it's not. I don't want to say it's not a huge loss. It obviously is, but to the whole team, it's just next man in. Mm. It's just somebody else comes in. You do your job, and we just go. If that was another county, and let's say Galway missed that, lost Dahi Burke, what are we? Oh, we're not. We're never going to win. Mm. We're missing our. You know, mm -hmm. so. You build that through winning as well, like. Yeah, and like I think Limerick have superstars as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. like you know they've 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 a brilliant process and a brilliant management. They're brilliant all around. But as Joe said, and he hit the nail in the head, one player goes out, and it's no disrespect to that one player. Mm. It's just if about seven or you know probably seven other superstars. And how many teams can you say that about? Like you look at the goalie, Nicky Quaid. He's just unbelievable. I watched him in a Munster Championship game against Clare and the puck around. He hit about 30 balls to the lad that was practicing with him. Not one of them hit the ground. Not one of them went over his head. He was out in the sideline. He was at the 65. He was at the 21. Sean Finn, I know he's not there. He's gone. Superstar. Out in the half-back lane, the three of them. Uh, Burns, Hannon, Kyle Hayes. Like, Kyle Hayes is one in a million. He's six foot five. You know, he's the fitness. He is the speed. He is the hand. He is the bravery. He's tough. Um, 
out to midfield or Darrow Donovan is doing it, you know, year in, year out. And up front, this is where. If you forwards like they have, you have Keane Lynch, you have Gillan. Like I was looking back to see how many of them played in the 2017 under 21 all learned against Kilkenny. Um, where the bet, I think it was 17 points to 11. Gillan was man the match, wing forward. You know, man the match again there recently enough. Peter Casey, like the superstars, absolute Gerard Haggard, Tom Morrissey. You could stay naming them, you know. <laughs> But, Tommy, but, Tommy's doing a Paul Morris and Paul Murphy. What he did last week in the Woodlands, I think, is he? But there probably is one guy that they can't do without, and that is Nicky Quaid. Yeah, yeah, he's the one, yeah. He's the one guy that is irreplaceable, I think, on that Limerick team. You can chop and change whatever way you want. If Nicky's missing, Told you. I don't well, think... He's, he's, he's the best player Limerick have, and... No doubt about it, he makes them tick. Like. It's why you're on the big I, I books every week, Scal. Well, it's, he's, and like, it's easy to look at his striking and his, his catching and shot-stopping ability, but like, it's, it's his decision-making. So like, he's, he's, I suppose, reacting to what the, the outfield guys are offering him, and he picks the right option every single time. And that option usually puts Limerick on the front foot. So that's if they have to go short, if they have to go to medium game, run, etc. He picks the right option, and his timing is excellent too. So he, he plays... I suppose the game at their pace. So, like, if they're if they're on on a run, he'll speed it up and keep it rocking. But if they're not, obviously, he'll as we've seen, he'll slow it down and manage the grain. You know, it had no effect, okay. Uh, but he'll slow it down to a degree, and I suppose let let things get restructured. He's just I just think he's a great head about him. I know we use the term quarterback a bit when it comes to goalies, but that, like you it, do, yeah, I do, yeah. <laughs> We be now, yeah. I, I, I use that term because I suppose the degree of importance that's associated with the goalie nowadays is, is just huge. Like, if you go back 20 years ago, it was just keep lumping it, lumping it, lumping it. You're like nearly like a token position, but nowadays you are, you, first of all, you have the ball in your hand the most out of everybody. You could have it potentially 40 times in a game, 50 times. And so you've possession for your team 50 times. And it's just how he builds the play for Limerick. And combine that with his, his shot stopping and his overall. Have you ever seen him drop a ball? No. Like, and, and when he's beaten by a shot, he's beaten by a good shot. So like he's he's pivotal, and I I was saying beforehand like if uh, he's my man of the match. And if anything, yeah. James, actually, did the two of them have a serious role to play? Because it's after cranking up a few notches since 2018, even the All Ireland final and the type of play it was that time. Because you'd no team squeezing up. Now they're all squeezing up. So it's anybody that switches off, whether it is Nicky Quaid or Murphy, you know, they're going to be like snipers. So discipline is going to be huge. The two goalkeepers will have a huge part to play in it. Yeah. Remember Brian Cody was giving out to PJ Ryan. This is in the, there was no shark puck outs this time, but lads were catching on to us, hitting it long. So he was giving out to PJ, you know, PJ, you're going to have to start hitting a few shark puck outs. How can I, he said, when look out with Tommy and JJ, but we're looking at the ground. <laughs> 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 like that time half back the last thing you wanted was a sharp up Skell can I borrow your mental notebook for a second okay yeah I know you've got all the stats so top of my head right Hegarty in the last three years in finals 1-5-7-2-1 I think 2-2 two, two. it was a 2-2 two, two. Yeah. there you go see I knew you'd know and four points yeah not bad serious goal in fairness are we expecting a huge final out of him this Sunday um, I think so. I suppose if you look at the evidence over the last three or four months, you'd say potentially not. Because I, I think by his own admission, he probably hasn't had the best year. Now, when he's compared years previous, he's been an awesome player, probably in the top three in the country on a, on a universal basis. But like, he's a big game player. Like, he's performed in all the, the finals. And if you look at the stat for the semi-finals, he actually hasn't performed. Like, he, I think he's only scored a cumulative 
five points in five semi-finals, six points, something like that. So when you compare it to the finals, you know, he's produced the goods. So he was like, he could potentially, or he could have been man of the match in all the finals that Limerick uh, have played in, which is, I think he got one or two. So like, he's an awesome player and he's like, when he's going well, you know, it's, he's like one of these players, like they're, I call them crowd favourites. So even when he went off against Galway the last day, he got like, I won't call it a standing ovation from Limerick, but he got a much louder applause than other players that went off. So people are behind him in Limerick because I think he's, there's been a lot of shit talked about him in the media. You know, bullshit, to be honest. And uh, like, well, I don't know how... He left the panel four times this year. He left the panel, yeah, and sure he's gone abroad. And it's just, just ridiculous stuff, really, that, that was just kind of for clicks and shit. But I suppose he's went through his own... You know, that, that's probably difficult to hear also, you know, for him and his family. So for him, I'm hoping personally, I know he won't, but that, that he has a good game, you know, and can justify the efforts because you can be sure he put in the same effort this year than he has over the last five or six years. Um, but as I said, he's a big game player and I think we're expecting that of him again on, on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, Kieran, it seems very good decision to get Galan back into the panel this year. Like he's been incredible this summer. We were just marvelling last week about the goal against Galway, the way somehow he's got his back to goal, but when he hits the ground, he's actually ready to just put it into the net. Um, he's been absolutely incredible, hasn't he? Yeah, on fire, and very unlucky even up to now that he probably wouldn't, I forget what year it was, he was a bit unlucky in the final, he just underperformed, so he was, he was very close to getting hurled of the year, and you know, if you get those awards, you know, unlucky enough to get him, it's fine. But as an, as, as an individual and as a guy, you know, he's a super guy, very humble guy, takes it at his stride, and uh, there's no big deal. But, you know, as Tommy said a while ago, it's about a panel because, you know, the type of ball that's been put in arm with a load of grass, if it's Sean Finn that's on him, he'll still do the same damage. So Limerick are doing that for four or five years, and most counties are still taking it and still swallowing it and not kind of really protecting their full back line. So, and that won't change, Sunday. That won't change. You know, the dogs in the street knows exactly when Dermot Burns gets a ball, she's gone across. But yet, there appears to be always space. But it's going back to what Joe said there. Their machine, you know, every one of them individually knows exactly what to do in the system. Mm. And the system won't change Sunday, if, if, if anything. If anything, he might even tweak it even slightly to their advantage. Tommy, Owen Cody is the other player in red hot form going into the final. 1-5 the last day. He's been kind of leading the charge along with TJ. TJ's been consistent again across the freeze this year. You need a big final. It seems an obvious point, but you need a big final out with those lads. The, probably the support of scoring maybe wasn't there last year where TJ finished up with nine frees, the top scorer in the game. Kilkenny are going to have to have a big performance from Owen Cody, but also the other forwards are going to have to chip in probably a bit more this year. Yeah, they will. And Owen Cody, you know, it's... it's Strange enough to see a corner forward scoring one five because, like, on average, they get about probably seven, maybe eight or nine balls during the course of a match. Because most of the game is out around the middle, and especially how far the ball travels now, they're shooting pines from you know back at their own, probably 65, 40 even. And um, so, only very few balls goes into a corner forward over the course of a game. So, for him to score one five again, would be probably expecting too much out of him. But he could score, say, two goals or, say, one three. That would be more a normal scoring, I think, for a, a corner forward. And that's probably why, as you said, Kieran, Aaron Galan probably has missed out and maybe hurled the ear once or twice because a corner forward doesn't get the same supply of ball. He can't get himself into the game. He's totally dependent on the, the guys outside. And Owen Cody is the very same. Like, I remember for, for last year's All Ireland Club final, we were just saying, we were watching the, 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 the game at home, we were saying Cody needs a big game. And he was brilliant in the final. You know, against Dunlai, absolutely super. And that's what he does. Like, he has the winner's mentality. You know, his, 
Like um, I said it before, on Cody's father, I remember when I was working in the, the buildings, the pouring concrete back around 2005, during the summers. On Cody's father, Larry. the breakfast roll every uh, morning? Kind of yeah, thing? that was that, uh, down Carrigan's. <laughs> six, six, was it euros or pounds for a, a breakfast? <laughs> and uh, every day in that summer, and Galway bet us in the semi-final, but... But Owen Cody's father, Larry, he was, Ill, he was laying a thousand blocks a day on the flat. So what? I, yeah. A thousand blocks a day. You would, not that, you would know what that means now. You know what that means now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of blocks. <laughs> that was, was on the flat, which was incredible what he was doing. And the stories were going around the building saying how talented, obviously. I think he had two or three lads mixed his bed for him. <laughs> and um, he had two out of you, but... What I'm saying is, the work ethic is there, the mm. talent is there, and Owen Cody... Fucking <laughs> hell. Owen, yeah, it's impressive, Owen Cody... Have you his number, no? <laughs> Give me his number there, will you? <laughs> 400 blocks a day is the right one, but a thousand... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Owen Cody, that's what's in him. Like, you know, the, the genes are there, and... We'd be hoping that the big day doesn't get to him. It doesn't get to him, like, so we wouldn't be worried about that. Um, he has TJ then, who is 35, 36 years of age. You know, absolutely brilliant in the semi-final again. He's now the all-time top scorer. You have Billy Ryan, who I thought had a super game the last day. So John Donnelly, you know, has been doing it for years. So, and Mossy, sure. You know, our own Mossy Keown has been one of our best players for, and one of Kilkenny's best player for the last oh, couple five, of years. Five-seven this year, I think. Like, yeah, Superman to get goals. Yeah. You know, and goals win matches, and you'll probably need him to score him against Limerick. Mm. So I think Kilkenny have the forwards, but things are going to have to go right for him on the day um, because they're totally up against it. But the underdogs have won it in the past. Mm. I know how these two guys are going, by the way. He said Kilkenny just about. He said Limerick going to win by a bit. Who's going to win at the weekend, John? Why? I get asked this beforehand when we're doing anything. Uh, I actually think it could be a draw. I, 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 I can't... If you give me a free 50 quid, I wouldn't actually put it on anybody. Have a bet with Scaly, you'd win 50 quid either. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, if Kilkenny push up, I'm a firm believer in, and I, I'd be interested to hear what Kieran has to say, like, what, what way would you set up against Limerick if you were playing against your own county to, yeah. to try and beat them? Yeah, you were kind of saying, was a, would you put somebody in front of Galan or... Well, I, I suppose really, when, when you hear the word discipline, I suppose automatically people think it's hitting a clatter. I, I suppose when you're setting up for a particular system, discipline is going to be huge to implement it. And if you have a fair idea then how to counteract that, Kilkenny's discipline will have to be huge Sunday if they're going to squeeze up, hold their shape and start the quick puck out. Because between five to seven last year, three, six, eight positions, they were absolutely pulverized in those areas. You know, and that's where Limerick are going to be hitting them again Sunday. I feel if Kilkenny, if they've learned from that, and as Tommy says, you know, like to be fair, you know, the one thing you'll always get from Kilkenny, irrespective of how they play, their values are brilliant, you know, they love the game, and they'll always empty the tank and the spare tank, always. And Going back to the first 25 minutes of last year, I just felt, you know, they made an awful lot of silly mistakes, dropping balls, unforced errors, and Limerick capitalised them and hurt them 
with every one of them, but still at the final whistle, is still only a puck of a ball in it. So I, I can see why you're saying a draw could slip in there. But if Kilkenny, four of the six forwards come to the party, and if Lawler has a mighty game, and Blanchfield, you know, they'll definitely want seven or eight players standing up this year versus two or three last year. But you're right, if tactically, if they kind of put a system in place, they could derail them. Like my biggest thing, if Hannon isn't playing and William O'Donoghue has to still go back to centre-back, I think he's a massive loss for further up the field to like break lads up, right? He's one of these guys that you love to have him, hate to play against. Brilliant player. Like, um, I think that's, that's a, actually a negative probably for, for Limerick. But Blanchfield, I'd say, might be out. Like he's having a super year in fairness mm. to Kilkenny, for Kilkenny. The one thing... I think if you, Limerick are such good hurlers. Everybody talks about physicality, fitness, strength, size. The one thing they're better than everybody else is, is hurling. They never seem to drop a ball. As you said, last year, Kilkenny were dropping balls here and there. But my big thing is, if you push up, go man for man, don't give them an inch, you'll put them under pressure to drop that ball and turn them over. They did it in 2019. I remember very well a short puck out over. You could see TJ, I think it was John Donnelly over near the Cusick stand, just turn lads over. And they only won that by, was it a point in the point, end? Yeah. Mm. Thanks, James. The encyclopedia. And Joe, but it's if, only if, small margin. If you look at the three games Claire and Limerick had, and, and I suppose yeah. Claire has a template. Yeah, yeah. And they're confident with the template, what they need to implement. And if Kilkenny can kind of come with a bit of that and their big guns come to the party, then we're in for a crack and final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Because, it, like, if you sit off them any way at all around the middle of the field, mm. they're just going to hit ball into Galan and them boys anyway. But my thing is, if you put pressure on them out the field, you'll give the back a chance, even if there's ball going in. You'll give Hugh Lawler, you'll give Mikey Butler, just that small. And that's all you need, like Paul, from cornerback. Mm. All you need is a chance to even spoil the boys. Mm. But if there's lads standing up in their half-back line midfield, pinging ball in, you have no chance in the world. Mm. Mm. Yeah, We're going to give away a pair of tickets to the Ireland final in a minute But Tommy, last word on you How's the game going to go at the weekend? Well, looking at last year um, We tried to do the double We won the football, didn't we Murph? And then he <laughs> left Chris, <laughs> Christy Wilde from Kerry huh? Deserted the panel this year Quote on top. <laughs> And we were beaten then in the hurling This year, unlucky in fairness The lads that lost the football last weekend So hopefully Kenny will do the hurling <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> clap for myself there. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, Tommy, that is a scale type answer where you go, I, I want Kilkenny to win, good luck to them. <laughs> Skirting. <laughs> Skirting for <laughs> Skelton. <laughs> I never lived that one down, James. <laughs> I am, but I liked you. <laughs> I have a good time for you too. Um, on a serious note though, where, Kilkenny, where can they hurt Limerick at the weekend, Tommy? Kilkenny. Well, listen, Joe's 100% like I was listening to him on the Sunday game there all year and you know, you can see why he was such a great player. Like, he's a great mind as well. And I just know some of the Kenny lads were the same. You know, the real good players, when they said something, you saw them said, why didn't I think of that? You know, that kind of a thing. And they, um, <laughs> <laughs> with, with Joe, like, he's right. You're at nothing laying off because, like, Barry Nash in that under 21 all Ireland was corner forward. Mm. You know, he's now their corner back. Their backs are as good as their forwards with the ball. And give them the ball, they'll, they'll, they'll make mince meat out of you. And I saw it firsthand in the, I thought Brian Lohan and Clare, they were brilliant down the Gaelic rounds with the way they attacked, kind of high risk kind of a strategy. 
in the first game below on the Gaelic grounds, they had a sideline ball Limerick. And Everton was, and they had only two lads inside. I'd say it was Glan probably and Flanagan. Flanagan, I'm hoping he won't have a brilliant day Sunday because he was quite, we'll say, the last day. But they pushed everyone up. So they left acres of space. And like the defensive thing to do, and the defenders, my, let's have one lad back sitting in front of the full back line. But everyone knows you can't do that against this Limerick team because they'll pop around the ball before you know it. Hegarty's putting the ball over the bar. Mm-hmm. So I think Ferkel Kenny to win it, to have to push up on the puck outs first of all, and push up on the half or everyone, just push up man on man. If that's 14 lads up at one end of the field and one lad back, just do it. So follow men all over the field and you're hoping then you trust your full back line. They're a good full back line. You all are Mikey Butler and, um, and young Tommy. Mm. You know, I marked young Tommy in Tullerone for years. An outstanding player. Like, you wouldn't get a puck off him. And, um, you know, and they, they mightn't see that, you know, he wouldn't be as hurled as much as the other two boys, but a fantastic player. And, um, and Hugh, we all saw what Hugh has done for the last couple of years, and same with Mikey. So listen, I think push up and hopefully then, and listen, it's high risk and it's hard to defend like that, but I think it's the only way to do it against Limerick. Mm. I have a sneaky feeling Mikey Butler is going to come up again in a few minutes. Again, uh, thanks to our sponsors, Borgash Energy, who've brought us here tonight. Uh, hurling it is anyone's game. They're promoting inclusivity in hurling. You two aren't finished. If you three can stay here and slag both of these doing very badly in the quiz, that'd be great. Uh, we have picked specialist topics, and for the quiz, Team Murphy, if Paddy Gannon from Kilkenny can come up on stage, no. we'll get set up for the two lads. <laughs> Team Skehill. Went in there in the middle. Weren't able to find anyone. Sitting beside Skehill there. Yeah. <laughs> On his lap. You're, you're beside Murph. Paddy boy. Yeah. Vietnam. How are you? Where are you from? Paddy Reggett. Paddy Reggett. Paddy Reggett. He's your neighbour. <laughs> no pressure, Murph, when you're playing for a Kilkenny man on this. I know, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, James Skehill, we couldn't find anyone from Tipperary to uh, take part, unfortunately, for you. So you're going to have to tip it up with a cork man. There's a lad there in the middle in the second row there. At the ah, well, he wasn't drawn out. Sorry. Uh, Jamie Carney is going to play on behalf of Barry Mulvihill from County Cork. So Jamie's there as well. Hey, sir. How are you? Oh. Oh, jeez, we've got stands. Yeah, we're, just we're up here. So high quality production. You guys are going to go here. Did you see how my special topic is? Well, your special topic is Mikey Butler. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> do we get one of them? No. Scal, do you know what your special topic is? Um, Patriots. Patriots, exactly. Oh, you've been, yeah. So this is like winner takes all. Um, your pressure is on Murph on this. Do you know one. what about Mikey Butler? No. <laughs> 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 I was going to fill another. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that might come up more than yeah, once. Yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> um, so we didn't do a draw beforehand, so I have to check who's gone first. So here's the breakdown of the quiz. Thanks to our sponsors, Board Gosh, we've two tickets to give away for the final this evening. Hurling, it is anyone's game. We're going to give them away the only way we know how with an incredibly complicated quiz. Two finalists picked at random. They're here with us. Congrats. Uh, earlier, they're going to join team captains, Gehella Murphy, who are at either pod, and they will decide who wins the coveted tickets. So, here we go. We've got four sets of questions each based on the team captain's specialist subjects. For Skehill, that is the New England Patriots. For Murphy, it is what is written here as the great Mikey Butler. <laughs> <laughs> and... You can see they're very on the ball with this. Uh, teams may confirm the answers, but we would remind the audience and other guests this is serious business, so no messing. Right, if we're ready, question one is for you, 
James Skell. And you can confer, lads. So if you <laughs> want to jump in together, Skell's not sure. Here we go. Might be going to the final. But <laughs> in the 2008 season, the Patriots failed to make the playoffs despite an 11 and 5 record. Tom Brady was injured in the first quarter of the first game of the season. Who played quarterback for the Patriots for the rest of that season? Sure, you didn't have to write it down. Does he? <laughs> well, like, Does he you, answer? No, no, you give the answer there. You you this isn't a table quiz. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was giving the answer. <laughs> it was Matt Castle. Correct. Right. You're on the way, mate. Well, well done, mate. Well done. Maximum scoring gear is four, and I've got a hurry. Can you jump in for Mikey Butler? No. <laughs> no, no, we, we'll, we'll get to his questions next. You're setting the score here first, right? So, what Patriots cornerback oh, made the crucial interception that secured the win in Super Bowl 49? Malcolm Butler. Correct. Two out of two. Jesus, I like the Patriots. I do like the Patriots. Jeez, that's amazing. Brick Lane and the Patriots. Uh, it's too good. That was a blocks comedy. I mean, jeez, isn't it? That's impossible. Were they bricks? Were they bricks? Question number three. Some people want to go home. Who played the halftime show for New England's first Super Bowl win in 2002? You're a big man for culture as well. JT. That was against the Rams. JT. Now, by all means, Jamie, if you want to come in and help him out in this, do. I have no idea. <laughs> Timberland. Oh. You're on your own, Skell. It wasn't Elton John, was it? No. Just it was, it was you too. Oh, you too. Will you just touch me? Yeah. <laughs> Don't help him out. Well, you said JT, is it? Right. You too. Your last question, Skell. Let's see if you're setting three out of four or two out of four by the end of this. Right. Who is the offensive coordinator for the Patriots for the upcoming season? Trick question. <laughs> I, I will take the answer that's written there. It's only been named today, but it's down as Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien is correct. Ah, yeah. 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 <laughs> 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 Team Murphy. We're in butter here. The standard's pretty high. <laughs> what was that for, was it? What number does Mikey Butler? I'm going to write that one down. What's his club? Paddy. Is he off his left or his right? Jesus, don't forget that. By all means, Right, All-Ireland tickets on the line here. Simple one to start, Team Murph. What age is Mikey Butler? He's born on the 4th of February 2000, so... 23. Correct. Don't need this. The great Mikey Butler won a Leinster minor title in 2017. But who did Kilkenny beat in the final? You were at it. Yeah. You may get this. That's incredibly helpful. <laughs> you shouldn't have said that. It's an easy one, in fairness. I think, uh, it was kind of, I think Jack, oh, Joe, Jack Kenny. Leinster. There you are. I think it was Galway, was it? We weren't in. What are you going for, lads? We you you think Jack Hanning was playing? Shut up, you, will you? No, was it the other? No, it was the Leinster. Yes. We weren't in Leinster. All right, there you go. Yeah, yes. Leinster minor final, 2017. Yeah, Who did Kenny beat? It's the first one. Yeah, it's the first. Yeah, go, so. for go for it. It's your tickets, boy. It's Galway, is it? No, it was Dublin. Ah, for fuck. Oh. <laughs> I told you we weren't in Leinster in 17. We were that one, actually. I knew that one. No we were at it. We were he at was at it, not. Oh, oh, we. I knew it was Dublin. <laughs> right. Mikey Butler, question number three. In two All Ireland semi finals, with Mikey Butler up his hole, what has the great Tony Kelly scored from play? From play. So he got Vignant last year, and I think he got two points this year. Hmm? He didn't get in last year, so it's only two or three. Sure. 
What do you want? Into two games? Your tickets? Into two games? Yeah, one point. Tony Kelly. Is that two or what Mikey scored? No, but that was three at Sinlitz. I think he's two. Last year. Maybe not. No, he didn't score anything from play. Just from play now, but he scored in the two games. Just from play, I'm going to go with. One. I'm going to go with two. Go back to the first one. First one. One. He said one. One is correct. She's right. Don't trust Murphy. Does not know Mikey Butler as well as you think. Jesus. Sorry, right. sorry, sorry. This is, sorry. This is the draw, isn't ah, it? Ah, he got it right. Let's be fair. What's wrong with you? What do you mean wrong with me? You said Co two. Cut scales, Mike. <coughs> I heard one. What do you do? Oh, yeah. Sorry, so, man. Mikey Butler became the seventh all-star cornerback from Kilkenny since 2000 last year. Name the other six. Clue. <laughs> this is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes fullbacks are named a cornerback on all-star team. Obviously, random. So, Mikey so, Butler. So, 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 you want six right. different... Six different all-star cornerbacks. Kilkenny, Kilkenny, from Kilkenny. Since 2000. Since 2000. So me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will accept yes. Paul Murphy as yeah. one of the six. And uh, Michael Kavanagh. Yeah. Uh, I will accept Michael Kavanagh. That's two. Wait, no. At, at number two. Tommy. No, no. I've not two. You got correct. Oh, Tommy yeah. is three. Yeah. Okay, Jackie. Jackie. Tommy. Four. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> two more. You say no. Two, two no. more. What are you saying? <laughs> Jay, yeah, get Connor back now. Oh, yeah. Uh, Willie O'Connor. Go on, I heard one of them there. Willie O'Connor. And you need one more to force a tie break. Who's the other one? Since what year? Since, since 2000. Oh, yeah. Which? Could be a no. Oh. Did you know around from that? Jay, Jay. Why are you shouting so fast here? <laughs> oh, yeah. Hugh Tommy, Hugh Phil Larkin. Lights, 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 lights. Come on. That's Jesus Christ. <laughs> Philly Larkin. Philly Larkin. You feel Larkin names. You've one more to do. Philly Larkin. So the five you've named so far Willie O'Connor, Michael Kavanagh, Philly Larkin, Tommy Welch, Jackie Tyrrell, and Paul Murphy. So you've one more to get. Is that not six? No, you've one more. There's one more left. There's seven. One, two. No, seventh is Mikey Butler. You've one more to name. We named six. Who's the one you've. Philly Larkin, Willie O'Connor. I'm missing one. Michael Kavanagh, Jackie Tyrrell, Tommy Welch. Six. Oh, that's five. One, two, three, four. I give it to him. Ah, go on. Six. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I won't mind, right? Yeah, we we had the largest shout of all time huh? of Noel Hickey. And I was like... <laughs> I, but anyway. I think we're being shafted. Yeah, but I didn't know it was a limerick by shout. Right, right, right. You both have to write the answer down for this. This is great. Adds it's to the drama. Right. What's the topic? How many all-stars, and these are awards, not hurlers. So how many all-star awards have been won by limerick players since 2018, for the right mm. to go to the final, lads. Oh, I need you to write the number down. They won 13, one of the years. Let's see. It's 2018. Oh, Jesus. That's the sound of everyone 18. counting. Oh, is that <laughs> right, so Let's see, right. So, including 2018. It's like years, is it? Come on, check her now. Hey, yeah, since 2018, includes 2018, and it's the all-star awards that are won, not the individual players. 22. So let's say 18 they won it. So it's fair to say probably like 9 would be good for 8, 9, oh, 9. 14 won you? No. No, that no, was no, no. I think, I think won 18. So maybe 8 Clear. or 9. One year they nearly James Gallagher, you nearly ready? Yeah, they nearly Genuinely, yeah, yeah. one year. Yeah. But I think 12 or 13 was the highest. Yeah. So they won. 19 they had. had yeah, they did, yeah. Oh, mine only had yeah. 3. I just ask you don't shout from the crowd because obviously this is the ticket on the line. Yeah. You want to be talking 9 or 10 there. 
Ten. She actually had like thirteen that year. It was only. It was only. All right, lads, going to push you now in a second. Twenty-seven, twenty-eight. Twenty-seven, twenty-eight. Right. Team Scal. Oh, I'm only going three. Oh yeah, sorry. Give us your number. So, including twenty-eighteen through to twenty-two. Yeah. Uh, Forty-six. Okay. Oh, we went forty-four. Gone for how many? Forty-four. Forty-four. You went. Forty-six. Boys win on. <laughs> the correct answer was number 36. What? Sorry, count them out there, please. Sorry. I, I, unfortunately, I can't count them out. Who are you going to bring to the final, Paddy? Oh, you. Paddy, bye. Paddy, bye. Oh, the Patriots. Good stuff. That is the correct oh, no, answer. Where are you going? Jamie, I'm Wait. sorry. Murph has a... I think he's got a prize for you. Ah, uh, he's a Kenny lad, so fair Forget enough. Something. Lads, congrats and thanks a million for taking part. Indeed well done. Enjoy hey, the final. Anything for him? Give him that job. Huh? Give me that. Give me that. Give him a ticket oh. for him. Oh. Sorry about that. Oh, Joe's oh, there. It's a large job. Thank you. Well done. Well done. Well done. Well done, lads. Fair play to the two lads. Played it in great spirit there as well. Welcome back, go on. That's at the time that we thank our panel, if you can be upstanding for all of them. First of all, Joe Canning. Here on Kerry. Tommy Walsh. You get to see the other two every week anyway, but James Gell. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy who's kind of an expert about Mikey Butler, it is Paul Murphy. <laughs> Thanks again to our sponsors, Board Gosh, who have given us the theatre for the night. It's meant that every ticket that you've bought is going to help both the Dylan Quirk Foundation and also Focus Ireland. So thanks a million for coming along in the night, and I hope you all enjoy the All-Ireland Final. Borgosh Energy, of course, have been supporting hurling throughout, especially inclusivity in hurling throughout the year. And hopefully you can catch us on the podcast after the All-Ireland Final this weekend. And we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks a million. OTB's The Hurling Pod. With Borgosh Energy. Proud sponsors of the Senior Hurling Championship.